2: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. It is Tuesday, June 4, 2014. So we're six months into the year. Hmm. Going by pretty fast. And um, thank you for listening. And I also will thank you for calling me today to ask anything about your your money, your investing, anything to do with financial. We'll talk about it. You can ask any question along those lines you want. And when and if you do make that call, of course, you know, that you shape the show. We take in the direction that you want to go, and I mention that every day. And our whole goal here is for everybody to achieve financial freedom, which is very possible. It's not an impossible task. Matter of fact, it's possible for everybody. I don't care how humble of beginnings you have. If you are disciplined and you're not afraid of a little work, you can do it. There's one thing great about our, our, our society here in the U.S., anybody... That really wants to can get ahead. Yes, it takes a lot of hard work, and sometimes you have to take on two jobs. Most jobs I've ever had at one time were three. I had three jobs when I was younger, and I had lots of energy. <laughs> but you know, you can do it. it. You know, even if you have a humble beginnings. minds were very humble. Very humble beginnings. I didn't have nothing. My parents had nothing. We might remember being hungry. It's not that. It's here and here you have the ability to be upward mobile. In other words, you can improve yourself. And that's what you have to do. You have to do it. If you want to become wealthy, you gotta find a good job a, job. a well-paying job. And then start saving money so you can invest it. 401k is is something that's been around for, I don't know, 30 years. Very good instrument to use to make yourself financially independent. to give you that financial freedom we all want. You can It is doable, and you can do it. The, early, the younger you are, the better. Anyways, we're taking your calls live here right now, and the number is 888 99 chart So I want to hear from you, ask any financial questions. We certainly had a big bounce today, didn't we? Big bounce up. Uh, I don't want you to get too excited about it, though. I do not. Our main talking point today is going to be about the China ex-bank chief says the ongoing trade war could trigger a global financial crisis. Well, of course he would. <laughs> He's Chinese. Uh, yeah, it could. By the way, it could. I'm not saying it can't. Of course it could. You get. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a statement that is so nonproductive and silly. Well, of course it could. A lot of things could do that. So the trade dispute between the two largest economies, of course, we know, uh, could, of course, affect a negative impact on the growth for other economies. Of course it could. I mean, these statements are so obvious, it's like, well, it's painful to me to read them. Anyways, I got more interesting things to talk about besides that. Now don't don't get me wrong. I think it is something we need to discuss. What the Chinese and American trade dispute will re- do, re- do to will do to our economy and all that stuff and the world economy. But you know, my the other talking points I want to talk about is um, IPOs. When IPOs are hot, is the top of the market near? In other words, initial public offerings, When we have lots of them. So we're going to look back and look at some previous years and compare them with this this last year or two and see what we got. I want to talk about the um, S&P moving below the 200-day moving average and popping back up today. What does it mean? And gold and oil are diverging, going in two different directions here in recent weeks. What does that mean? Everything is about... What does it mean for our economy? What does it mean for the stock market today? The Dow was up 512 points. The NASDAQ 194 and the SP 59. So back in April, I said we are going to have a pretty volatile summer. The market's going to be volatile starting in May. And you can see it's pretty darn volatile. All May. May was a very down month, first down month of the year. Um But it was pretty heavy. The NASA had a 10% correction, and that's normal-ish. The S&P was about 7, 7.5. Still a little bit below normal for a correction. So are we finished with this big bounce-up today? What do you think? uh, I don't know. I'm not not there for some reason. I think we're still going to have some more weakness. But a big relief rally today was very interesting. Did you just see why that happened? There's a couple of reasons why that happened. We'll talk about that during the day. We'll talk about it during this hour. We will. Because why don't we go ahead and though, get, um, the, get to the questions, get to our questions. Any questions you want to ask financially, you can call. And you can call on our listener line before and after the show. The number is the same, 888-99-CHART.
3: Hi gentlemen, hope the day is going well. This is Junior in Indiana. My question is about dividend stocks and why I don't really understand what the big deal is. So if I'm understanding right, when you get your dividend, the stock goes down by that amount. As an example, if I have a $100 stock and each year my dividend works out to be 4% or $4, then the four bucks, a dollar a quarter on average, is lopped off the value, so it's now worth the same 100 bucks, not 104, what good is the dividend? What am I missing here? Thanks
1: a lot.
2: And you've, you've explained that exactly correctly. The stock price will open up the very next day down from whatever the dividend paid. Okay? So, yes. So, capital dividends have no nothing to do, no impact on capital appreciation. What they have everything to do is put an income back into your pocket. Okay? In other words, you're getting money back from your investment. Your, your investment is throwing off an dividend a, a, a gain, they call it a dividend. So you're making money. So let's say that $4, let's say that $4 dividend, how many years will it take at 4% Will you get all your original investment back? Well, 15 years or so. So right now, Warren Buffett, Berkshire Hathaway, they are making more money in dividends from Coca-Cola than their original investments. They get more money every year. And dividends in the original cost of the investment in Coca-Cola. I read that somewhere. So, you know, that's the beauty of dividends. Yeah, you're, you're talking about the impact on capital appreciation. It will slow the capital appreciation. But the more dividends it pay, the more people like to own those stocks. So capital appreciation keeps continuing to happen. But you're right. It does. It does. Stock goes down in value, the exact amount of the dividend paid. So every quarter, if it pays a dividend, it goes down. Okay. Good question, though. You listen to Invest Talk, I'm C.P. Peasley. and I want you to be aware of a very special upcoming financial event in Southern California. It's not only special; it's pretty rare. And I'm talking about the KPP Financial Invest Talk Wealth Conference. I just don't do them anymore, much as we used to, because they're very time consuming. Um, and on Saturdays, I like my weekends off, even though I work during the weekends, but it's a two-hour live event, less than three weeks away, so mark your calendar if you want to be in it. The date will be Saturday, June 22nd. It's in Irvine. It's Irvine, California. Justice Klein and I will, will help you do several things. Understand the current volatile market that we're in and the global economy that we're in. Also... We'll give you a plan to boost income and manage your investment risks. How to do that. How to boost that income and and manage your risk. And finally, we'll define ways for you to find great opportunities that exist in the marketplace. And there are. So we'll talk about that. Make your plans, please. June 22nd, 9 to 11 a.m. in Irvine, California. Learn more and purchase tickets. Go to investtalk.com. That's investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART.
0: welcome to june and you've got a portfolio to protect right this means you need the unbiased guidance heard right here on invest talk so this is your chance to be part of the process step up now with your finance and investment questions steve peasley is here and he's ready to take your calls live 888-99-CHART 888-992-4278.
2: looks like there's enough uh, uncertainty baked into the market to cause more volatility, continued volatility. So, be prepared. You know, we got the U.S. trade-China deal still, you know, not even on the table. I mean, I don't know if there's talking anymore. So, um, for April, factory orders were reported down a bit, by eight-tenths of percent, this is another one of those indicators that points to a, a slowing in our economy. And Now, we knew that. We know that, right? We know that the economy slowed. Remember, it was 3.2% growth in the first quarter. No one expected that much growth. That was a surprise to the upside. Now, no one's expecting a slowdown. It's a question of how slow. How slow. Well, it's hard for me to believe it would be too slow because we got full employment full more you know when everybody's fully employed they tend to spend the question is the consumer are they going to continue to spend so chairman powell implied and this is one of the reasons why the market shot up interest rate cuts by saying that the fed will move to keep the expansion going so the implication is maybe he'll be willing to cut interest rates but you know, they don't have to do that. What he could do is stop Q T, which is tightening. How is he doing that? Remember they're letting all those mortgages and bonds run off on their balance sheet? Remember that's what they're doing. That's in effect tightening money supply. And they could reverse that. They don't have to they don't have to just raise interest rates. Well, they're gonna keep a close eye on the trade issue, Powell indicated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, didn't we talk about this several weeks ago about wouldn't it be nice? I mean, I don't know if it was a month ago. Wouldn't it be nice if the Federal Reserve got ahead of the curve and started cutting, cut the rate once this year? I mean, we talked about this. I mentioned this, I don't know when, a month ago? That it'd be nice if they did that? And, of course, yeah. No one thought they would or should. Now they're talking about it. Well, they're not even talking about cut rate. They're just saying the market interpreted that that's what they're talking about. And that's why it went up 500 points today. So that was interesting. Now... Big thing in the news. Remember, I've talked about this, too. It's Yeah, I've been talking about a lot of things that are starting to come out. And I talked about this. Remember, the, today, lawmakers, house lawmakers, plan a sweeping review of Facebook, Google, and other technology giants to determine if they become so large and powerful that they stifle competition and harm consumers. Remember, I said that especially Facebook is attracting far too much ten, attention from the government. These big tech companies. They're, they're doing things to uh, draw attention to them uh, in different ways. Privacy issues, dominance issues, and we have anti-monopoly you know, laws that could easily hit them. So Google is now is down 20%. Did you see that? Down 20% from their high. That's bear market territory. So big techs bounced today, right? They didn't have a bounce today. Because analysts said that, believed that the antitrust concerns were overdone. Well, that may be so. You yeah. Microsoft was not as badly affected. Remember, if you, Do you remember in the 90s when Microsoft was being looked at as monopolistic and it was under investigation? Nothing came of that. But it did stagnate the stock during that time. So Amazon, Facebook, Google, Apple, you know, they're... They're going to be looked at. They're going to be... They're drawing attention to themselves, and that attention is not good when it comes to our government because they will do something. Now, frankly, I think they probably should do something. There's there's issues with these big companies. We've seen too many... Um, you know, doing politics of favoring one side or the other or influ- trying to influence or too much information that is private private information that they didn't get proper permission to use for purposes to benefit. Yeah, I, you know, they're, they're attracting a lot of attention. So it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. They're attracting attention. Yeah. And that attention is usually not good. You listen to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley and I want to thank you for making this program a part of your daily routine. I do appreciate that. Just and I do our best to try to make it interesting. I think, I think it's pretty interesting, but that's me. Now you can get your calls in 888 99 chart.
0: This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART.
2: 888-992-4278. My main talking point today concerns China ex-bank chiefs that says ongoing trade, war could trigger a global financial crisis yeah 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 Um, (laughs) of course it could and of course he's saying it and of course it's all about jockeying for position it's all about negotiations right I mean, do you think the Chinese are going to say anything but? They're going to point fingers and say, you guys are doing this and this is all your fault and all that. Of course they're going to say that, right? Of course. Of course they don't admit to doing anything wrong after all these years of stealing technology and uh, you know, forcing you know, uh, our companies to give them our, our personal, our private... Information on how to run companies, how to develop things. I mean, for years we've been taking abuse from them on this issue. Now we're standing up. Of course they're going to say, "Well, wouldn't you want to?" If you were the Chinese, you would do the same thing. I'm not blaming them, but I'm not buying into, "Oh, you guys are going to cause a world crisis," you know, kind of thing. Uh, Yeah, right, Uh huh? (laughs) And I'm not buying into that, (laughs) you know could it happen sure could happen it could easily not happen why don't we negotiate why don't you why did you guys back out of what you've already agreed to before we could in the talks why did that happen you know this is just negotiations everybody the art of negotiating you you, you give in then you back up and you see if the see if you can make the other side back down that's what it is And so we'll see how this works, but I don't buy into these Chinese threats of, you know, we're causing huge problems. How come you're not causing huge problems? Why is it us? We don't have to put on tariffs, but why don't we have a free and open debate about fairness? How about that? So I don't know if, it, you know, it is a worry. I don't want to downplay it either. I don't want to say it's not a worry. It is a worry, the Chinese-U.S. Uh, negotiations. But I, I try to put it in scale. Okay, we have, they have, about a $15 trillion economy. We have a $20, $21 trillion economy economy. And it's 25% tariffs on 200 billion of products coming into the United States. They're going to put tariffs on 60 billion dollars worth of products going into theirs, and that means tariffs of 25% on 200 billion. That means that's 50 billion dollars in tariffs on you know 15 and 20 trillion dollar economies. It's tiny. It's being all blown out of proportion as to how it's going to affect everything no <laughs> it's, it's too small the, the effect is psychological if it scares consumers in the United States to stop spending then yeah that'll affect our economy. that's much more a worry than the actual you know the trade war and tariffs they that, that that's insignificant insignificant. Will it hurt certain industries more than others yes. But, you know, as far as the to- total economy, it's pretty small potatoes. Pretty small potatoes. You're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. Um, and I want you give me a call at 888. Let's go to another caller. 888-99-CHART is our number. Eight 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 nine nine 99 chart
1: Hello, uh,
3: my name is Daniel, listener of your podcast. I have a handful of questions
0: about a
3: developing cannabis company, the ticker is
0: ACB. I bought into this company uh, in 2018 in December, right around when they were $6 a share and I've been holding on to them and I'm just wondering if you think it's a good company to be involved with. and uh, If I should continue holding for the long term or just try and uh, make a quick buck up of what I've already gained. And I love the podcast. Keep it up. Thanks.
2: Okay. Uh, The company's called Aurora Cannabis. I think we've talked about Aurora. Um, um, I think that, and I've said this before, there are going to be winners and uh, lots of losers in this space. And I think Aurora will probably be one of the winners. Because they're bigger, seven and a half billion dollars in size, they're growing three hundred plus percent sales. They're up to sixty-five million a quarter, um, and therefore they're going to. I, they're not making any money. They made money in two thousand eighteen, but they're going to lose twenty-five cents a share this year and four cents a share next year. But their sales growth is big enough that I think that they're going to be one of the winners. It's a Canadian-based company engaged in the production and distribution of medical cannabis. So I do think this is going to be a winner. It was up almost 10% today. Now, it has the high it made back in, oh, last October was like $12 and something cents. Uh, then it, the next peak it made after falling in December, right? The next peak it made in March, and that was around $10, $10 and something. And today it's at seven dollars and eighty-seven cents, so it's hanging right around the two hundred-day moving average, much like the S&P 500 around its two hundred-day moving average. So I do think, uh, you know, it depends on your timeline, but I do think this is going to be one of the winners in that sphere. On tomorrow's Invest Talk, with the Fed's threatening antitrust regulation for big tech, Apple is claiming the high road on privacy as it twists the knife into Google and Facebook. That story is going to be tomorrow, everybody. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm going to take your, your questions, your financial questions, at 888 99Chart.
0: This is Invest Talk, and if you live anywhere in Southern California, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein encourage you to make plans to attend KPP Financial's Invest Talk Wealth Conference. It's happening on Saturday, June twenty second, in Irvine, California.
1: In today's low yield world, it is difficult to find great income opportunities while still maintaining safety and liquidity.
0: Stephen, I can help you. At the conference, Steve and Justin will help you understand the current volatile market and global economic environment. They'll give you a plan to boost income and manage investment risk. And they'll define ways to find great opportunities In any market environment, the Summer InvestTalk Wealth Conference is an investor learning opportunity that you should not miss.
1: I'm Justin Klein. I invite you to attend our
0: next InvestTalk Wealth Conference, Saturday, June 22nd. Serious investors should make note of two fast approaching dates. First, June 12th. Steve Peasley will be returning to San Jose to conduct his no-cost portfolio reviews. And then, on June 22nd, Steve and Justin Klein will be leading the two-hour InvestTalk Wealth Conference in Irvine, California. If possible, you should plan to take advantage of these two potential wealth-building events. You can learn more and register now at InvestTalk.com. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-SHARK.
2: Okay, let's go ahead and go to Chris in Walnut Creek. wants to talk about Allergan. How you doing, Chris?
3: I'm good, how you doing, Steve?
2: I'm doing well, thank you. Well, thanks for uh, taking my
3: call. So, uh, I've just been looking at pharmaceutical companies and I ran into Allergen, AGN. It's been being down for the last three, four years. Um, what yeah. do you think about that?
2: Well, I think it's very underpriced. I, I think it's a very good company uh, out of uh, Ireland, Ireland-based developer, branded drugs for multiple categories in the central nervous systems and eye care, and all this, all these drug companies, and some of the healthcare side, sec- the whole healthcare sector has been under a lot of pressure because of the politics here uh, with the with the with the you know the,
0: the, the Democrats. Democrats
2: saying they want to yeah, want to change the system. And, of course, that's making all the investors in these companies very nervous. But I think that's actually producing some opportunities here. And one of these is the Allergan here, this company. They pay a dividend a dividend 2.3%. The P.E. ratio is 7. They earn money. They've always earned money. And they're increasing their earnings. This year be kind of flat. But next year, go up 3%. But we're talking about a $128 stock, but makes $17.19 a share, a 7 PE. PE might go down to 6 if it stays the same. It had a great day today because many stocks did. But I think it's a very good company. Um, Sales have slowed in recent quarters, and that might be an issue. But I still think it's a good bargain at this price. I do. Would, would, appreciate the call, would you, Chris. Uh, go ahead. Would you wait for the trade war to finish to to get a deal before? I, I don't know getting if I I, I pr- no. I, I don't think I'd wait for the trade war to finish, but what I might do is give it a few a week or two to see if it's gonna go sideways. I don't think you're gonna get a V bottom and bounce straight up. <clears throat> so um, I would not be in a big rush to get into it, but this is a very good price. Yeah. So I wouldn't worry about the trade issue as far as getting into this kind of stock. Chris, thanks for the call. Let's go to John in San Jose. How are you doing, John?
3: Excellent, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. I was calling about RIG, uh, Ocean uh, Oil Drillers, Canadian yes. company, I believe.
2: Yes, it is. It's out Rig. of Switzerland, R-I-G. actually. Yeah, RIG, Transocean, out of Switzerland.
3: Yeah. I was asking if yeah. they're uh, oversold or if they close to a bottom now.
2: It definitely is oversold, that's for sure. But the problem is is they haven't made money since 2016 and they, don't, they were not going to make money this year. They're going to lose money again this year and next. Uh, sales are increasing finally, but that's good. But it also is a very tough time for these kinds of stocks because we're late in the economic cycle and there's a thinking that the world is slowing down and has slowed down here last year and into this year. And therefore, you know, drilling for oil around the world is not as needed. And that's why the stock is under pressure. So um, I I think you might be too early. It's a great one to keep on your watch list. It might be too early to get into it uh, at this time because I think it might have more to the downsides to go. So I would would stay away from it for the time being. Appreciate the call. Thank you very much, Rig. Thank you, Transocean Rig R I G. It is a driller, offshore contract driller. Okay, here's a a quick, quick quick quiz. A quick quiz for you guys on big techs, big tech companies. I'm going to ask, see if you know about when they were founded. The Fang stocks, F A A N G the fang stock remember all the market news all the excitement all the wealth building for this sector has you know has incurred or you know so and it's been going on for decades right okay when do you think facebook was founded when well it was february 4 2004 that's 15 years ago in cambridge massachusetts how about google when was that founded that was 1998. That's 20 years ago. I bet you a lot of you thought it was sooner than that. 20 years ago in Mendel Park, California. Amazon, July 5th, 1994. That's 24 years ago in Belleville, Washington. Apple, 1976. Now, it's 1976. That was, uh, I was two years into working out of college at that time. Too bad I didn't buy Apple then, huh? Of course, I didn't have any money. That's 43 years ago, California, of course. Microsoft was 1975, 44 years ago. What do you think that Microsoft was founded? Albuquerque, New Mexico. I bet you would not have guessed that. You know they're in Washington, right? Microsoft's headquarters in Washington. But they were founded in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It was 29 years between the founding of Microsoft in 1975 and Facebook in 2004. So what's interesting, if you've ever studied the market and economy, uh, and, and how our system works, our free economic system, why it is so good and so dynamic is because companies like this, we keep producing. Next generation companies constantly have been for since the industrial revolution. Why do we keep? Why does that keep happening here in the U.S.? Yes, it happens in other countries too. I'm not saying it doesn't, but we seem to have a, a breed of people that we continually have that are always trying to improve everything and at the same time have the opportunity to do it some way, somehow, some fashion. So, I think that's fascinating. I think that's a very interesting thing. Anyways, this is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. I hope you are making the right choices with the money you have, and especially in your 401K. You know, we many of us have 401Ks. If your employer is matching your 401K, you need to get that match, those free money, that free money. Match that money. Okay? Don't, don't hesitate to not do that. It's crazy. It's free money. And if you have, if you need help managing your four hundred one k, well, at KPP Financial we have a math-based model to help guide you with what to invest in in the choices they they give you at the four hundred one k. We call it Active four hundred one k program, and we monitor it and advise, and it tells you what to do. Okay, and then you take the action. We can't trade it for you, but we can tell you what to do, and we do that via uh, emails. Okay. You can read more about it at the active 41 k at investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART.
0: This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. As an investor, you've seen the volatility of the market. To prosper, serious investors need to make sure they are implementing an effective master design. A deliberate plan formulated with the right mix of strategic investing programs. KPP Financial offers such a diverse set of programs and you can contact Steve or Justin at their offices in Irvine, California to start a conversation. You can also quickly see what you may be missing anytime when you visit investtalk.com. The phone lines are open, Steve is here and he's ready for your questions. Call now Eight 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 ninety nine chart Hey Steve and Justin. My name is Adam. I'm from Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, just calling because I was, wanted to get your guys' opinion on uh, where Tesla's at, TSLA. Uh, I know that you guys aren't very bullish on it, but am, well, I was curious if you thought it was a good buy currently since it's been tanking so much over the last three months. Just wanted to get your thoughts on that. I appreciate what you guys
3: do, and I look forward to uh, hearing uh,
2: what you guys have to say about it. Thanks. Well, we still have our shorts. Our short. We've shorted Tesla and still have it on. Uh, Tesla had a very good bounce up today, up 8%. But you're right, it's been coming down pretty hard. and It's been coming down 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 months now. It's been falling off. Um, so... I I, okay, I have said, I think Justin's a lot more bearish on Tesla than I am, but I have said that I think Tesla's cars, technology, and the vehicles that they're developing is really great. Electric cars, really good. They have, they are a game changer as far as selling automobiles, what kind of automobiles to build. The problem is, is they're probably going to be a s- small company in this car business, electric car business eventually. I think they will survive. I think, but they may file bankruptcy. Let me rephrase it this way: GM went bankrupt in the financial crisis and it survived, right? But all the shareholders got zipped. The initial shareholders got nothing. They got, they lost all their money. The new shareholders are doing fine. So Tesla may go that path because they have so much debt hanging over their head, um, and it and it seems like they're having trouble. Just being able to make profits. And this seems like their backlog of orders have really reduced recently. And I'm not so convinced. And competitors, you know, I mean, their competition is coming hot and heavy the next few years. So Tesla is going to have a real hard time. I probably wouldn't. I I would never buy Tesla. I, I wouldn't buy it as a stock. Too much risk involved. It's too much. Now, again, I think their cars are great, but that doesn't make a business. Making money makes business. For instance, uh, just to give you an idea, two quarters ago, their sales were up 100% or more. Last quarter, their sales grew at 33%. Yeah, uh, they need to grow faster. they got to stay up with the debt payments that they have. They've got to stay up with it. 888 99 charters are number IPOs. Okay. In 1998, 1999, 2000, there was tons of IPOs, all that dot com stuff. And at that time, 80% of those IPOs, 80% of those companies, IPOs, initial public offering, companies going public for the first time, 80% made no money, were unprofitable, and had no really good outlook to make money. Okay, now, 2018, more than 80 percent of the IPOs that came out in 2018, more than 80 percent don't make any money or unprofitable and not sure how they're going to make money. And if you count this just recent Uber and Lyft, they don't make any money. They're both very unprofitable and we don't know when they're going to make money. So I'm pointing out that this is not a healthy environment For companies, let me put it this way. If you were the owner of the company and you wanted to go public, this has been a great time, 2018, 2019, because you're getting top dollar. But if you're the the guy who owns the shares that you're buying from these IPOs, you're buying companies that don't make any money. And I know I'm old-fashioned, but if a company doesn't make any money, why would you want to own it? It has to make money eventually. So we just talked about Tesla. When are they going to make money and how much? They're scheduling to make money in 2020 for the first time. And it's like $5 a share. Now, a lot of people disagree, but a lot of people agree that it's going to be about $5 a share. Okay, so give it a 20 PE. Stock's worth $100 and it's at $193. So it's still expensive. If they make. That kind of money. They're going to lose money this year. So all I'm pointing out is a lot of IPOs coming out have no, no. they don't make money. There used to be a time, and I know I'm dating myself, that you when you came out as an IPO, you you're probably going to make money the, this year and the next year, or else your IPO wasn't going to be successful. You had to show a path clearly that you are making money, are going to make money very shortly. Many of these IPOs, nope. Not sure if they're ever going to make money. Okay, let's fit in another question from an Invest Talk listener. This came in earlier at 888-99-CHART.
3: Hi, this is Bill from Dayton, Ohio. I just had a question on the
1: 401ks. I'd like to know the difference between a Roth 401k and a Roth IRA. If you guys could answer on that, I would appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye.
2: Okay, um, there's two main categories of... Of um, retirement types of accounts, and they're a Roth versus regular. Okay, so you can have a Roth versus regular 401k, a Roth versus regular IRA. Okay, a Roth is put money in after taxes, and all the money that all the investments that grows from that is tax free, and you never have to pay taxes when you take it out. All the growth. In a regular, either 401k or IRA, you put after taxes in, no matter what you get to deduct for this year from your income, the money you put into the regular IRA or regular 401k, and then all the growth over the years, when you start taking it out, you have to add that to your adjusted gross income in the year you take it out, and you have to pay income tax on it. And their thinking is, is it'll be in a much lower bracket, so it'll be less, blah, blah, blah. But the difference between a 401k and a Roth IRA, well, first, there are two different categories of, of, of retirement accounts. 401k, you can have a Roth 401k, a regular 401k, or an IRA, a Roth or a regular IRA. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, and that is help you achieve financial freedom, whatever that means to you. And of course, our work is going to continue after this break, so get your questions in 888-99 chart.
0: On the next Invest Talk, with the Fed's threatening antitrust regulation for big tech, Apple is claiming the high road on privacy as it twists the knife into Google and Facebook. That story tomorrow. But now Steve is here ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call 888-99-CHART.
2: Okay, let's go to Dan in San Jose. You want to follow up on that 401k Roth IRA situation, Dan?
3: Uh, yes, sir. Uh, thank you for taking my call, by the way. I just started listening to you guys for about six months now. Um question is, would I be able to directly uh, contribute to my 401k and then max that out at 6,000 if that's a better option as far as yield versus my my Roth IRA okay your 401k
2: your 401k is 18,500 that's not six that You're talking $6,000, you are talking about an IRA or a regular IRA. A 401k, you can put in more, 18000 And can you max it out and also contribute to a Roth IRA? The answer is yes, but maybe not. Because it depends on how much money you make, Dan. You're going to have to talk to your accountant. If you make too much money, nope, you can't do it. Okay? So there's rules. And I'm not an expert on those rules. Dan, appreciate the call. Jim, North Carolina, you want to talk about it too, 401K?
3: Yeah, actually, this uh, there's a follow-up also to the to this RMD for the Roth 401K no. versus the Roth IRA. The Roth IRA, there is no required minimum, minimum distribution at 70 and a half years no. old. But that I is, believe I heard from different sources that the Roth uh, 401K, there actually is an RMD. It's not a taxable event, but you are forced to take money out at age 70 and a half from the Roth 401k. Have you heard that?
2: No, I haven't, but I'm, I'm not disputing you. Uh, it could be true, but off the surface, you know, Jim, it makes no sense, does it? I mean, you're not going to be taxed on I'll tell, it, right? I'll tell
3: you why. It doesn't so make why sense, would but you? I think the reason why is because the Roth 401k started later and is part of ERISA. Right. And so the rules, a lot of the uh, rules for it still are governed by 401k, the regular 401k, the pre-tax.
2: I see. So still be, and the regular 401k does have a, uh, yeah. yeah. I can, I think that's I can see that being true.
3: Find out, because I, I've heard different stories. I've heard different people say different things about that. But you definitely, but you okay, can I'll transfer look into, I'll ask money from my the Roth 401k to the Roth IRA to avoid the, to avoid the RMD.
2: Yeah. You cannot do that? I'll, I'll look into it. That's a good question. I don't know that answer. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Let's go to Gene in North Carolina. How are you doing, Gene? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. We're, we're, we're done with the 401K questions then, I guess? Okay. <laughs> okay. Real quick, because we don't have a lot of time. Uh, the, S&P, the S&P 500... Uh, violated the 200-day moving average on the downside, violated the uh, 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 support $2,800 uh, $2, price on downside, and then recovered all of it today in one day. It violated the 200-day moving average by over two-day period. Why is that important? The 200-day is a long day, long day, the long-moving average that all us technical guys look at, right? And it represents about a year's worth of trading. So it's a 200-day moving average is what a trigger that triggers selling or buying, depending on which direction. So around the 200-day moving average, there should be some volatility. And of course, we saw that today in the last couple of days. And the question is, is is, it going, is the market going to find support right at the 2,800 to, and the 200-day moving average? The 200-day moving average is 2,774, by the way. And the 2,800, so they're pretty darn close to each other. So it's pretty strong support. But I think, personally, I think charts are telling us that the market is under pressure downward. And uh, at least in the intermediate time frame the next few month or two or three number but it feels bearish to me and I've been saying that all my all the month of May and it still feels bearish to me and this feels just like a what we would call a dead cat bounce I know that's disgusting but that's an old saying in this business the market had did a dead cat bounce meaning that it bounced but there's not anything it's not going to get up and walk away it's done so I don't don't get too excited about today's move today. The five hundred points on the down Don't don't get too excited. I'm Steve Peasley and this completes another Invest Talk program and I thank you for your loyal support and all your questions, guys. Thank you for very much. Jim, Dan, all you guys, thank you. And please come back tomorrow. Good night, everybody.